0: I always encourage new believers to read the book of Galatians as one of the first books to study in the Word of God. I tell them read first the Gospel of Mark, and uh, and then read the book of Acts, which is the history of the church, and then follow that with the book of Galatians. It is the Magna Carta of Christian liberty. <laughs>
1: Hi, welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today's message is Living the Life of Grace. Opening scripture is John 1, verse 16, reading from the Passion. And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon more grace. Pastor Scott is joined with his wife, Marilyn, and oldest daughter, Kelly. Enjoy.
0: You know, grace is an interesting word. In the Greek text, it's the word charis, which means acceptable, Beneficial, favorable, or favored, gift, gracious, joy, liberality, pleasure, and thankfulness. Grace is really the love of God being poured out unto us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. To receive God's grace is to receive his favor and beneficial power in our lives. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Amen. Grace is not anything you work for or achieve, but rather only received by faith and faith alone. There are so many contrasts in the Bible. One of the greatest contrasts is law and grace. Law demands, but grace receives. Law has a requirement attached to it. The Bible says no man or woman is justified in God's sight by the keeping of the law. By the works of the law, no flesh is justified or made righteous or holy before God. Grace is unconditional and freely bestowed upon us. Grace doesn't require effort or sweat. So many people try so hard in their Christian life to please God and do the right thing. And it involves sweat. And in the things of the Holy Spirit, there's peace, there's tranquility, and there's no sweat. There's no effort. Grace doesn't require it. Wool in the Old Testament was a type of the flesh, and cotton was a type of the spirit. The priests always ministered wearing cotton, a type of the spirit and a type of God's grace. The only way we can be justified or declared righteous in God's eyes is by faith in Jesus. Amen? Amen. I always encourage new believers to read the book of Galatians as one of the first books to study in the word of God. I tell them, read first the gospel of Mark and, uh, and then read the book of Acts, which is the history of the church, and then follow that with the book of Galatians. It is the Magna Carta of Christian liberty. It keeps us going the right direction and in our walk in the Lord. Let's begin with Galatians 3, 1 through 5, and I'm going to stop whoever's reading along the way.
2: All right. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death has made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Jesus Christ.
0: Okay, stop there. So... We receive the Holy Spirit by the hearing of faith. And what does that mean, receive the Holy Spirit? That means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John said, I baptize with water, but he that comes after me is more mighty than me, for he shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so how do we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Through faith and faith alone. How are we born again? Through faith and faith alone. In the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit falling upon believers, To be filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues and prophesy. Giftings of the Holy Spirit. Now verse 3, Marilyn.
2: How foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect in your own human effort?
0: Stop. So Paul said, you began in the Spirit. Now you're trying to be perfected in the flesh. You're trying to please God through your own efforts. Trying to progress in God and his kingdom by self-effort. It simply won't work. That's why so many believers can't receive the Holy Spirit and his gifting in their lives because they think it's something they must do, rather it is something you must receive. And verse number five.
2: Um, I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ.
0: You see, miracles were performed by the believers and the apostles uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit that was given to them and they did it through the hearing of faith they would come and they would preach the word of god and people would receive the word through faith and then they would respond to the preaching and teaching of the word of god and be healed it was the same way when they received the holy spirit jesus himself preached faith as as just the disciples and apostles did faith produces results let's look at acts 14:1 through 3 here we see the disciples in the land of or the area of galatia which was the book of Galatians was written to. And they come to Iconium, Acts fourteen one through three.
3: When Paul and Barnabas arrived in Iconium, the same thing happened there. They went as they always did to the synagogue and preached to the people with such power that a large crowd of both Jews and non-Jews believed. Some of the Jews refused to believe and they began to poison the minds of the non Jews to discredit the believers. Yet Paul and Barnabas stayed there for a long time, preaching boldly and fearlessly about the Lord. Many trusted in the Lord, for he backed up his message of grace with miracles, signs, and wonders performed by the apostles. Praise
0: God. There's the working of miracles and signs and wonders. And then let's look at Acts 19 2 through just 2 and 6. Excuse me. This is when Paul comes to Ephesus and he finds a group of 12 believers. They're believers in Christ, but they've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Today, perhaps you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been born again. You've asked Christ into your life, but now you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Look at it this way. When you come to Christ, your glass is half full of water. But when you receive the infilling uh, or the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that water flows over. And uh, Jesus said, out of your innermost being would flow rivers of living water. We all need the empowering of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the remotest parts of the world. Acts 19:2 and 6.
2: Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Stop.
0: So Paul asked the question, rhetorical question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If we receive the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, when we first believe, then there's no need to ask that question, right? And Paul ought to know what he's talking about. He was one that was caught up into the third heaven, and he saw things and heard things he was not permitted to speak. So here we see that they need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Marilyn, verse 6.
2: Then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they Praise spoke God. in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men
0: You see, all. most of the time when the Holy Spirit would come upon people, the signs of, of, or the evidence of the Holy Spirit many times was the speaking of other tongues and prophesying. Now, it may not have always occurred that way, but so many times typically that's how it occurred. And uh, Paul said, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. So as believers, we can all speak in the language of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And primarily it's a language you speak in the privacy of your own personal prayer life and your own personal prayer closet. And you go before God and speak in this unknown language, and speak mysteries uh, unto God. Praise God. God don't you
3: call um, speaking in tongues is like one of our greatest weapons as believers?
0: Well, let me put it this way. The devil has fought speaking in tongues more than any other nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, perhaps, because it is the only gift that edifies personally yeah. the believer. All the other eight gifts are for the edification of the body of Christ, but speaking in tongues edifies you personally. Yeah. And Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And I figure if Paul spoke in tongues more than all of them, we ought to be speaking in tongues more often. Amen. And You say, Pastor, how do I do it? You receive the Holy Spirit. You ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and power. And when you do that, by faith, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and then you begin to speak the utterance that God gives you. But you do the speaking, God gives the utterance. (laughs) These believers started well. And then they were deceived by a spirit of witchcraft or deception. And they were told to return to the works of the law, Mm. trying to be perfected through human effort. And uh, it's so easy to get sidetracked in our Christian experience Mm. and get off what God originally intended for us. We started by faith. We stay living by faith. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. How did you receive him? By faith. How do we continue walking with the Lord? By faith. By faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. During Paul's day, a group of religious people emerged. They were called Judaizers. They were evil, bent on bringing God's people back under the law in the name of Christianity. They saw the Mosaic Law, the first five books of the Bible, still binding in a Christian's life. You know, this still goes on today in the church. And that's so sad. Why is that? I believe tragically because the flesh and ego are so strong that even Christian people want to be in control and are drawn to self-works or really dead works trying to establish their own righteousness in their lives. And then they can say, I did it. But that's ego. And uh, no flesh will be glorified in God's sight. So we see that this leads to self-righteousness, judgmentalism. And hypocrisy and there are many believers today that have fallen into that trap we wanna rebuke that in our lives we want to resist that in our lives and we want to see the life of grace amen because amen. I've seen this so many times in Christians lives and their life turns into bondage and spiritual death you know the letter of the law kills but the Spirit gives life let's look at Titus three and five not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Everybody say that, mercy, mercy. He saved us. It's not by our works of righteousness. The Bible says all our righteousness is as filthy rags. It doesn't impress God who you are, what you've done, where you live, what you do, what you own. It doesn't impress God. Let's read Galatians three nine.
3: Okay, and so the blessing of Abraham's faith is now our blessing too.
0: Okay, you sure that's Galatians nine? Yeah, but it's in the Passion Translation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I
3: could read it in a different
0: one. Well, like. Paul declared that he had tried to establish his own righteousness, and it failed as a Pharisee. And when he came to Christ, he realized that he had to stand in the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ through faith in him and him alone. Paul said, Stand fast for the liberty by which you have in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 1. We have to stand for our liberty, guys, just like in our country here in America. We have to stand for liberty, and the Statue of Liberty, which is in the New York Harbor, is an emblem, a symbol of the freedom we have in this country. The same is true in the Christian life. You must stand for the freedom that you've been given in Christ Jesus. Paul said the law was our schoolmaster. We've all been to school. We've all had teachers. Or our tutor, which brought us to Christ, and now we've been freed from the law, and now we are under grace. The Bible says sin was condemned in the flesh, that the body of sin would be done away with. That word is eradicated or completely removed. That body of sin has been removed if you're in Christ. Therefore, if any person be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things are brand new. When you come to God, you get a new nature. The old man is dead. We are not schizophrenic in God. We don't have an old man, a new man. We only have a new man. The old man is dead. Everybody say that. The old man is dead and the old man is gone. And we are all new in Jesus Christ. So the law has become null and void in the believer in Christ. It can't condemn us no longer. It can't point the finger at us anymore because we've been set free from the law. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1 and 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law, from the law of sin and death. All right, now let's read Galatians 3:23 through 25. Before the way of faith in Christ was
2: available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We kept in protection custody so as to speak until the way of the faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian.
0: Amen. The law is holy and righteous, but no flesh is perfected in the sight of God in keeping the laws we mentioned before. And so we've been freed from the law. Isn't that good news? Because you know what the law does? It condemns us. It judges us. But there is no judgment in Christ Jesus. There is no guilt in Jesus Christ. Now let's look at two covenants. Abraham had two sons. They were Ishmael and Isaac. And the two sons were at war against each other. And Ishmael actually picked on Isaac because Ishmael was the older son and so many times. The older son picks on the younger son. My brother used to throw footballs at me. And uh, so this was going on. And you know, Uh, Sarah was upset about it. Um, These are both her sons, but she's seeing the one that came through her own loins, came through her, Isaac, being persecuted by Ishmael. And the Bible says the flesh will persecute the spirit. And in this case, Ishmael represented the flesh and Isaac represented the spirit. The one came by a bondwoman. That is the law. Through Hagar, the bondwoman, came Ishmael. The other, by a free woman, through Sarah, the life of grace. Yes. One was from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to death, which is Hagar. The other one is the child of promise, mm-hmm. through faith in Christ. And we are part of that uh, grace covenant. Let's look at Galatians 4:21 through 28, and we're going to stop along the way.
3: Tell me, you who are bent on being under the law, do you listen to what the law really says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman, Hagar, one by the free woman, Sarah. But the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh and had an ordinary birth, where the son of the free woman was born in fulfillment
0: of the promise. Amen. So we just talked about the two children, Ishmael and Isaac. Ishmael represented the law, condemnation, bondage. Isaac represented grace and the life of freedom, and the life of promise. Praise God. Continue. Okay.
3: Now, these facts are about to be used by me as an allegory. That is, I will illustrate by using them. I'm in the Amplified, by the way. For these women can represent two covenants. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai, where the law was given. That bears children destined for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar represents Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above, that is the way of faith represented by Sarah, is free. She is our mother. Amen.
0: <clears throat> so we are no longer in bondage. But when we come to Christ, that bondage is broken over our lives. Yep. And we are set free into the life of grace. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. We're going to close here. I want to give you five blessings of grace. You might want to write these down. Number one, grace is freedom. Everybody say that. Freedom. Grace is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18.
2: For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that, e- that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image.
0: Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have been set free in Christ. Keep standing fast for that freedom. Number two, grace is divine favor, divine blessing in your life. Proverbs eight thirty-five. Here for Solomon's three. talking about uh, the gift of wisdom and how that favors you in your life.
3: For whoever finds wisdom finds life and obtains favor and grace from the
0: Lord. Amen. And we have found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord through Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God, and that will never cease to continue to be poured upon our, out upon our lives forever. Number three, grace is beneficial. Faith works; it benefits us. So many Christians don't get anywhere in their Christian life they're not progressing they're not maturing they're not growing in God because they've moved away from grace we need to go back to grace Paul said have you fallen from grace go back to the living the life of grace grace is necessary for our spiritual progress success and advancement in the things of God and his kingdom 2nd Peter 318
2: Rather, you must grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and, Je- Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. Amen.
0: Praise God. Number four, grace is pleasurable. You mm-hmm. say, Pastor, what are you talking about? It's pleasurable to live the life of grace. Yeah. Do you find pleasure in God? Yeah. You should. Psalm 1611, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right, At thy right hand, 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 hand are pleasures are forevermore. forevermore. The greatest pleasure in life is found in knowing Christ. And walking with the Lord hallelujah the joy of the Lord is our our strength strength. praise God joy unspeakable and full of glory we find our pleasure in God more than anything else in life and tragically we see so many people trying to find pleasure in this life in this world in the things of this world and they come up short and they come up empty missing out on the true life that's found in Christ and the power and the gifting of the Holy Spirit and number five Grace is eternal and will always be ever-present in our life. 1 Peter 5.10.
2: In his kindness,
0: God called you to share
2: in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after you have suffered a little while, he he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation.
0: You know, it's interesting. Grace sometimes leads us through difficult spots in our life. There are trials that come into our life. Don't be surprised by the fiery trial, Peter wrote, that's come upon you. And uh, no man, no woman can avoid trouble in this life. We all face trouble. But in our troubles, in our trials, in our difficulties, the grace of God carries us and is there the Lord walks with us. I heard the story about a guy that was, uh, had a dream. And in the dream, he saw footprints, and he saw two sets of footprints next to each other walking in the sand. And um, he was moved by that. But at one point in the dream, he only saw one set of footprints and uh he had asked the lord and the lord had told him that the two sets of footprints were him and the lord walking side by side but he said lord there's one point where there was only one set of footprints and the lord said it was there that i carried you praise god hallelujah well i want to lead people to christ let's pray shall we lord we thank you and praise you for the power of grace lord let us not depart from grace but continue to receive the life of grace in our lives we pray now for the lost for those that don't know christ You could be anywhere right now around the world, listening, viewing this broadcast. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He said today is the day, he's saying today is the day of salvation. Why don't you invite Christ into your life? Make Christ the Savior and Lord of your life. If that's you, pray this prayer in the sincerity of your heart, and Christ Jesus will come into your life. Pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life. I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I turn from my sins, and I turn to you, God. I want to serve you, Lord Jesus. I want to worship you. I want to read your word. I want to fellowship with you and love you all the days of my life. In your precious name, I pray. And for those believers, you're a Christian, you've backslidden, you're not walking with God today. You know there's a big move of God coming. You want to be a part of it. You want to use your gifts. Come back to the Lord. He'll he'll more than willingly receive you. Pray this prayer if that's you. I'm a Christian God. Lord God, you know, Lord Jesus, I've slipped away. I want to come back. I want to be close once again. I want to walk with you. I want to love you. I want to praise you. Draw near to me as I draw near near to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. If you prayed those prayers, Christ came into your life or you rededicated your life to Jesus Christ. Now go with God and walk in his grace.
1: Thank you for listening to the message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. You can watch us live every morning at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Find us at lnlighthouse.org. Here are the five truths of grace. Grace is freedom. Grace is divine favor. Grace is beneficial. Grace is pleasurable. And lastly, grace is eternal. We love you and bless you in the name of Jesus. We'll see you next time. God bless.